It's the best Spider-Man action scene to date. Today I'm talking about the train fight from Spider-Man 2. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about the train fight from Spider-Man 2, one of my favorite scenes of all time. And I know that, obviously, most of the Spider-Man talk is about No Way Home, but also Tobey Maguire coming back in uh, No Way Home kind of revitalized uh, my interest, well, not interest, but my love of the uh, first two Sam Raimi movies. So without further ado, let's get started. Despite enjoying the film from its approach to the character, its cast, and its set pieces, I've had lingering thoughts while watching Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies. They're not Spider-Man 2. Widely hailed as the best Spider-Man film to date, Sam Raimi's second go at the Web Slinger is one of the most watched movies in my personal collection. I swear there was a week in my life where this was persistently on in the background. As such, I have a strong sentimental attachment to the film and know its set pieces by heart. But even if you've only seen the film once, one scene will stand out amongst the others. The train fight and rescue. So in honor of the latest uh, Spidey film, No Way Home, coming back into theaters again, a movie that that has often been referenced, uh, sorry, a movie that has often referenced scenes like this, we're going to break down this pulse-pounding scene. So here's the setup. Peter Parker is pissed. In a ploy to obtain an elusive element from Harry Osborn, Dr. Octopus has kidnapped Mary Jane and demanded Spider-Man meet him at a nearby clock tower. Though previously depowered by a mental roadblock, Peter has found his strength again and arrives looking to rescue his lady love. But Octavius is in no mood to negotiate her release, and a city-spanning brawl begins. So why does it work? At a surface reading, this scene is one of the cheesiest things you can imagine. A love-slash-rage-filled superhero wearing spandex attacks a guy with four mechanical arms in a punching match before doing his best Jesus impression to save a train full of civilians. But as we'll soon discuss, this scene, possibly more than any other from this series, works as well as it does because of our journey with the character, and some truly excellent action filmmaking. So first off, we have a perfect encapsulation of the character. When your movie is based off a popular pre-existing comic book character, it's hard to create a scene that sums up what they're all about. Some filmmakers try to do this through recreation of famous scenes and panels from the comics, as the first Spider-Man film did, or dialogue exchanges a la The Dark Knight, with varying degrees of success. But this scene, without ever calling back to the character's history, hits all of these aspects of Spider-Man. The power and rage he finds when his loved ones are on the line, his ingenuity, his care for civilians despite being in a pitched battle, with great power comes great responsibility, aka saving a trainload of civilians comes before finishing his fight or saving Mary Jane, his willpower, and his humanity. The DNA of this character is so ingrained into the film and the scene that once Octavius takes out the conductor and breaks the train's controls, we already know what Spider-Man will do. He's going to try and stop it. All of this is distilled into this scene through character and action, and it makes it all the more satisfying. So now we have an excellent use of the character's abilities. While I enjoy the first Spider-Man film, I've never enjoyed its emphasis on standard fistfights rather than the gravity-defying antics the character is known for. 
Spider-Man is not a Batman-style brawler or a Superman big punch machine. He's strong, as the scene will prove, but his signature abilities are, webs are swinging with webs, walking on walls, quick reflexes, and his ingenuity. And by taking things from a building and then onto a train, they've created a perfect setup for a brawl between these two characters. On the building, they both use their strength to hurl objects at each other while using their webbing and arms to keep themselves in place or as weapons. When they land on the train, Octavius uses two arms to keep him steadied and the other two to throw extended punches, while Peter uses his wall crawling and agility to dodge, kick, and keep his balance as well. As the fight progresses, we see each character use their powers for new things, be it web swinging to recover from a punch off the train, or hurling civilians to slow Spidey down. Even Spider-Man's solution for stopping the train is something only he can do. He uses a series of web ropes attached to buildings and enough strength and durability to hold on for dear life as his body gets pressed into the subway's car frame. Sam Raimi is also especially sh shrewd about using the kung fu one-hit-at-a-time method for this fight. The pace of the fight is frenetic enough, so seeing four robot arms moving out of sync would be disorienting. Instead, they either move one at a time, like extension of Dr. Octopus's own fist, or in unison for grabs and throws. Spider-Man is the same. Sure, he could fire multiple webs at once, but the camera only shows one at a time, because adding a second would split your focus. We also constantly introduce new challenges. As great as one-on-one -on -one fight scenes can be, scenes this long don't work without variety. If these two were in a small room trading blows as Spidey jumped around and dodged Doc's arms, it would be fun for a while, but eventually would get boring. Raimi avoids this by introducing a series of new little challenges that get in the way of Peter's ultimate goal. At first, he's simply trying to beat the crap out of Dr. Octopus. Then he's trying to keep fighting while staying on the train. Then he's trying to find Doc Ock. Then he's trying to get back on the train after he's knocked off. And finally, he's trying to brainstorm ways to save the train. What's more is that the audience doesn't know these small challenges are coming. At this point, all we know is that Peter is going to fight Dr. Octopus. As a result, every new twist and turn keeps the tension going and impresses the audience as Peter handles it in stride. And then we get to the little things, including shot selection and just generally great filmmaking. If you're a frequent reader, you already know how much love I have for wide shots and action scenes. It allows the audience to process the action, and seeing every movement, it's much more satisfying. Since I'm posting about this scene, you already know Sam Raimi uses plenty of wide shots in this scene. The best example is the relatively long, t long take as Spider-Man attempts to catch up to the train after being knocked into the road. Not only is it cool to see Spider-Man pull himself up and catch with it up with an elevated train through web swinging, but the wide shots let us see how much ground he's covering and how close to the train he is. However, the slot, slot, uh, shot selection for Spider-Man's furious attempt to stop the train might be the most impressive camera work in terms of storytelling through imagery. Spider-Man's methods for stopping the train make sense. Use, it uses his strength and webbing to hold on for dear life to slow it down before it careens off the end of the tracks. But how do you convey how hard this is or establish tension? Raimi's answer is a handful of carefully chosen shots, set, de set details, sound, and some acting choices from Tobey Maguire. As soon as Peter grabs hold of all the ropes, we hear a groan from Peter similar to when a weightlifter, similar to a weightlifter, and hear a giant creak of metal. At the same time, the camera moves in towards Peter as if to indicate the wall of force he's pushing against, he's pulling against, rather. 
From there, it's a flurry of escalating shots and sounds. We see Spidey's costume rip from sheer force. The webs he's hanging on begin to break. The metal continues creaking. Peter's body begins to crush the train's frame. The windows and headlights explode and sparks fly from the tracks. Spider-Man's groans turn into an all-out primal scream that ends with a thunderous crash into the barrier. And then, near silence. Danny Elfman's angelic score enters as Peter passes out and he's gently caught by the passengers. It's simply great dynamics. And we also get a payoff for Peter's, Peter's journey from many angles. If people wonder why the Jesus-like imagery for Superman in Man of Steel or Batman v Superman doesn't work, there is a clear answer. A lack of emotional investment. Yes, it looks like Jesus himself has come when a man, a flying man comes with the sun behind him to save you from drowning, but without a reason to care, this comes across as hollow or at worst silly. And yet the imagery works in the scene. Why? Because of our investment in Peter's journey. At this point, we know Peter has tried to live his wife two ways. The first is his double life as Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but his personal life suffers accordingly. Mary Jane doesn't understand why he's distant, and his best friend Harry blames Spider-Man for his father's death, and consequently Peter for not turning in Spider-Man. The double life also prevents him from professional success, as he's fired from a pizza delivery job and berated by his professor, professor for laziness. His only steady source of income is money from the Daily Bugle, who uses photos to slander Spider-Man and kill his reputation with the public. He has such a crisis of will that he can't summon his powers from time to time. So when he finally decides to give up the superhero life, it's not much better. His relationships don't improve, and he consistently feels guilty surrounding his inability to help. He even asks, asks the heavens at one point, am I not supposed to get what I want? So seeing Peter, despite all of that and everything else he's already sacrificed, jits his chances of catching Octavius and saving Mary Jane, pushes body and will to the to the brink to save a train full of nameless people, and have that staggeringly heroic feat met with a gentle catch, wonder, compassion, and protection? It is easily the most vindicating scene for the audience and Peter of the entire series. The people who've saved, who's he saved see him for who he is. He's a regular guy with an incredible gift that is willing to put his life on the line to save them, and they show their appreciation with gentleness and solidarity. Goosebumps. Every. Time. It's this moment that makes the entire scene and all its excitement and struggle worth it. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.